0: My name is Nick Inthout, and I am a pastor here at the river, and, um, Michael, that way. (laughs) It is fun to go to children's worship. So, um, Mario, is Mario here? You're gonna pray for me. Pastor Scott is our lead pastor, and he will be not here this week or next week, so I have the privilege of, um preaching this morning, so Mario's just going to pray for us in our time together. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity to come together and just to worship you, Lord. Uh, may we stop and be still, and we pray for Pastor Nick this morning. We pray that the words that come out of his mouth, Lord, are from you, and uh, we pray that you just give him wisdom and uh, direction, Lord. Give us hearts to uh, listen and ears to listen, Lord, and just be with us and guide us. God, you are good, and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Mario. I want to do a little test before we start, just so I can see um, kind of where we're at. And here is the test that I like, to, uh, I, I like to just kind of gauge and evaluate where you're at this morning. So if you could just indulge me um, with this test. If you had to rate yourself this morning prior to walking through those doors, because that worship set that Beth and the team did was killer, in a, like a good way killer. Um, I, first service, was just deeply moved by commanding my soul to praise God. Uh, what, a, what a powerful experience that was. So thank you, Beth, for that. And the second service as well just now. Um, but before you came in the doors this morning, if you had to rate your level of hope, uh, what would you say? And you go, what are you even talking about? Well, um, hope is, is, for those of us who need, like, definitions, Um, which I am probably one. Hope is um, the thing that um, fuels our expectation. It's uh, what Emily Dickinson says, listen to this, it perches, it's that thing with feathers (laughs) that perches in your soul and it sings the tune without the words and it never stops at all. That's that thing, okay? That thing inside of you. Uh, I had a friend who said there's a place, she said this this week on Instagram, it was beautiful, she said, this, I mean, there's, Instagram can be this like, amazing well of wisdom. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she said, there's a place within each of us that no matter the swirl around us is untouchable. place beyond us and a part of us that not even the most powerful person in the world has access to. That place, that place that that hope exists. If you had to rate your level of hope this morning, before you came in, what would you say? Think of a number, just indulge me if you're like, I don't like to do this. Just come on, play along. Don't say it out loud. Now some of you I know are gonna say 10, which is great. But maybe others of us would say, I'm, I'm not at a 10. And part of why we gather is to elevate our level of hope, right? Okay, you got your number? Um, I'm not going to ask you to share what it is. Here's the question I will ask. How many of you uh, would like more hope in your life? Raise your hand. Even if you're at a 10. Yeah, I want more hope. Um, I want to overflow with hope. This week, on Monday morning, um, Pastor Scott and I put these, this series together months ago. So we were talking about um, hope, and, and if you didn't hear Pastor Scott's message last week, um, like me, uh, and you're waiting, everyone keeps saying you gotta listen to it, you gotta listen to it to me. So I'm hoping to download it on our website, on the podcast, and listen to it this week. But we planned this months ago, This idea of um, looking at our Project 119 readings and uh, read about and and learn more about what does it mean to be a people of hope in the midst of what can be sometimes a hopeless world. How many of you read the Project 119 readings this week, by the way? This is something that as a church we're doing together. It's 119 days of scripture reading. You can get in on the action still. It's not too late, even though we're like, I don't know, 60 days in. just email Rachel, rachel at therivercrc.com. Every day this week, I was amazed at how pertinent the text was to where we are as a people. Um, And so God was just at work this week in an incredibly hopeful way. But I think the reality for all of us is that we want a little more hope, amen? When I look at people who I would say overflow with hope, it's not just like, yeah, today I have hope, yeah, tomorrow, I'm not really sure, but who overflow with hope. With hope, who have this sense of like um, just this place inside of them that that can't be touched, and who continue to move forward, who continue to pursue um, all the things that that I want to pursue. I, I realize, and probably you do too as you look at them, they didn't accidentally become hopeful people. Nobody wakes up in the morning and naturally goes, ah. I'm a hopeful, blessed person to be alive. Your brain, the neuroscience, points to the fact that it is working against this. Because for forever, our brain is hardwired to keep us alive. It's meant to help us survive. And do you know what helps us survive? To see the world as a threat. Right? Lions, tigers, bears are... Going to kill me. And so your brain naturally wants to go where it sees things as a threat. Scientists say that 70% of the thousands of thoughts that we have in a day, I forget what the number is, 50,000 thoughts in a day, 70% of them are negative instinctually. Your brain wants to go threat, threat, threat. Why? Because it's trying to keep us alive. Okay? So 70% of our thoughts are naturally negative. Negative and critical. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Say I. Yes. We wake up and we go, stupid alarm clock. <laughs> and now some of you are more mature and hopeful and are like a 10 plus. But many of us are still looking at our alarm clock going, seriously? Are ready? Right? Because I need more sleep. And so um, we as a people called to be hopeful and to overflow in hope Won't become that accidentally. It ain't going to happen. Are you with me? Okay, so then the question is, what does it take? What is it is required of us? How do we become a people? Raise your hand if you want more hope this morning. You're a 10, but you want to be a 10.5. Great. I'm going to start with the end of our text for this morning. Turn it within your Bibles to Romans 15 verse 13. This week, uh, in preparation on Monday, when I sat down, can I talk? Yeah, I can talk about her. My oldest daughter, for whatever reason, does not appreciate this amazing gift God has given me of freestyle rapping. And I, and I say it's a gift because it's a gift to me. But more and more I'm learning it may not be to the people around me. And this week, as I was preparing for this message, and. Um, Reflecting and meditating on this text. When I got to 15 verse 13. I had some like kind of cool tunes on in my office. And all of a sudden I started free, I started wrapping this verse. Okay. Anything else the rest of this time. Um, the rest of this message. I'm talking if you're like. I can't listen to this guy. Memorize this text. It's five lines. Five really simple lines. This is Paul's. They call it a prayer wish. This is his prayer wish. It's like this is what he longs for for the people that he's writing to. It's this. In 15 verse 13, may the God of hope, you can maybe feel the rap in there, okay? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. I like Holy Ghost. It rhymes better with that, okay? God of hope with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. At the end I'm going to give you a challenge, but I want to start here because it, it reflects Paul's desire in his heart for his readers. And this morning, this is my hope for us as a community as well, that we might overflow with hope. That we might be a people so connected to God and his work and his movement. In the world, it's like overflowing. It's spilling out of us. <laughs> that was a terrible way with the toilet. That's not a good analogy, but you get what I'm saying? Like More like a fountain. A fountain would have been better, but the kids will remember a toilet. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start at verse 1. 15 verse 1. This is where we're headed, to verse 13. The first thing we got to understand in 15 verse 1, before we get into this, is that Paul is writing at a time that's tumultuous, okay? Uh, you think what we're going through right now as a country is challenging. Um, man, Paul's got not just the political thing going on. He's in Rome, which you know is like the, the greatest empire the world has seen. And Rome is gathering people over the world and pulling some of them to their capital, okay? And um, it's not just like political conflict, just um oppression, at the hands of this, like, systemically uh, just whole government. It's not just that. There's also this religious craze that's going on. Because Jesus came back from the dead, and a whole bunch of people saw him and started this movement and said, hey, um, something happened here that changed all of history. And one of those people was Paul. Remember, Paul um, used to be and he was a Jewish teacher who would persecute Christians. And he persecuted a little sect. He was hateful, so much so that he used to drag them out of centers and beat them. Okay? So Paul was an incredibly hate-filled person, just like foaming. Alright? And what happens to him? He has this encounter. He has this encounter with God, with Jesus, on the road to, to Damascus as he's going to persecute folk, and he has this encounter with this source of light who tells him that he's Jesus and says, Paul, what are you doing? That's the way of saying okay? I believe the NIV says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? But today it would be like, what are you doing, dude? You are so off in where you're headed right now with your life. You're headed in the completely wrong direction. You keep pursuing good things that I'm trying to do in the world. Knock it off. And Paul's response is to go and support the church. He sits with the apostles and says, tell me what, who Jesus is and what it is that, that he's said and done. Okay? And so that has shaped Paul's entire life in ministry. That experience has shaped him. So he's saying now to these Christians in Rome, these little groups of folks that are gathered, it's not an organized church. It's like huddles of people all over this crazy, city where there's political and religious, just like chaos. And Paul's speaking to them, and specifically he's speaking to the new people who are coming into this old old time religion, the new people that are coming into the way of Jesus, who are still like there's a lot of folks who are still Jewish, who are now following the teachings of Christ. He's speaking to the Gentiles, the people who are coming in with this new perspective, this, this new experience of Jesus and his, his spirit. OK? Context. So 15 verse one, here's: "We who are strong, also, i.e., the, those of us who have experienced Christ, His presence in our lives, we who are strong. Ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. This is not what our culture teaches us to do with power. This is not what our culture tells us to do with our strength. This is what Paul says each of us should please his neighbor now he's talking about people who have very different opinions very different perspectives on what they should or not eat you think that's ridiculous that's such a small thing the perspective and i wonder is it so different than us sometimes do we not fight about little things that in the grand scheme of things, maybe aren't such a big deal. Paul says each of us should please his neighbor for his good. And then this phrase, to build him. To build him up. Overflowing biblical hope, first of all, is an intentional process of learning how to live for others. First and foremost, let's go to the first point here, Cindy. It's an intentional process of learning how to build others up. Let me ask you this morning, church, are you a builder? If I had to ask you, what or who right now in your life picture in front of you that we are building up who would you say